Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. then you and I are also carriers of good news into every place we go in society, into every nook and cranny, because you see, this is good news. This is news that number one, God's not mad at you. This is news, number one, that he sent his only son to die on the cross to pay the price for everything you and I have ever did wrong. This is good news because I don't know about you. Well, I kind of do, but we're all sinners and we've all done things wrong and we should not deserve eternity in heaven with God. But Jesus paid the price for us. It's kind of like you did the crime and Jesus came and said, I'll do the time. Let my brothers and sisters go free. How many of you know that's good news? That's news that is worthy to share. Because here's the thing. Without that news, there's hopelessness. Without that news, there's despair. There's deception. You see, we have to ask ourselves, why are people involved in sinful activity? It's not just because people are wicked. It's not because people are, ah, they just all hate God. Listen, if you were out here on the street and you talked to some of these people, some of these people that are bound in lifestyles of sin... They love God. They're not mad at God. But you know what the problem is? They're hurting. They're hurting. Come on, think back to what you were like in your sinful days. You maybe would not have considered yourself an evil person. But probably what you, what you if you were like me, you were hurting. And because you didn't know God, because you didn't know how to access God, and because you didn't even know if God would help you because you knew you were a sinner, you turned to what the world turns to. And what does the world turn to? They turn to sex. They turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. They turn to sinful living and partying. Anything to numb the pain. Anything to make me feel better. That's not because they're evil. It's because they're hurting. And why are people hurting? Well, because you and I have to understand we have been created by a God for fellowship with him. But when you understand the gospel, you realize that man has separated himself from God through sin. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. And because of Adam's sin, we have inherited this sin nature that keeps us away from God. And in order to fix this, Jesus said, I'll go. Send me. And he came to the earth, put off his glory, 
stepped away from the throne and was born in a poor manger, born in a place that was poverty all around him, emptied himself of pride and put in and came in a vessel of humanity, a baby. How humble that was for the Savior to step out of glory and do that. But why did he do that? What was the mission? To bring you and I back home to our God. Do you want to know why people are hurting? Because there is a God-sized hole in everybody that nothing will fill. Not the best drugs, not the best sex, not relationships, not fame, not fortune, not an NBA career, not an NFL career. Listen, nothing can fill that void but Jesus. And when you don't have Jesus, boy, do we try. Boy, do we try. And, we, and when we listen to the most foolish people for life advice, we get on Instagram, we follow movie stars, we follow music uh, musicians and artists, and we do what they say, and we follow our favorite athlete, and we do what they say, and we watch shows, and we go, oh, well, if it's good for Kim Kardashian, it's good for me. Well, if it's good for this person, it's good for me. If it's good, and, 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 and guys, it still can never fill that hole. And so when we say we're Christians and we go to church every Sunday and, 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 and we stop sinful activity and we don't go to the club anymore, Amen. Y'all stop going to the club, right? <laughs> Some of us being honest, well, pastor, pray for me, pray for me. <laughs> We're Christians now, and we don't do those things. We live different now. But if you're not sharing Jesus, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole thing. And I feel like in America today, we have churches full of people. And this is why this message has come from, where we go to church every Sunday and we pat ourselves on the back because we're such good Christians. We don't do what we used to do and we feel good about ourselves and we have praise parties and we worship God and we do all these things, yet we never share Jesus with anybody else. I told you a few weeks ago, when the scriptures talk about riches kept to their owner, to their own hurt, what begins to happen when we don't give of the riches of Jesus Christ? Christians get weird. And you say, well, what does that mean? Come on, you know what that means. You've met some weird Christians out there. Come on, you know, you know what that means. It means, you know, you ain't seeing things clear. And to me, it's weird when we don't act like Christians and we don't share our faith. I can't tell you how many messages I got on social media, Christians mad that we're doing a trunk or treat in this community. They they trolled some of our posts. How dare you celebrate the devil's holiday? And I would say real nicely, you you can go on Facebook, you read it too, I left it up there. I said real nicely, we are not celebrating the devil's holiday. We are simply choosing to be a light in this community on a day where they may be celebrating the holiday. And what we're doing is providing a safe environment for families in the heart of South Sacramento, where it is not safe 
to send your kids trick-or-treating out in them streets. And the church said, Amen. come on, and some of them streets, ain't, you don't be sending your kids out there. Bring them to us because you don't want to knock on a trap house on Halloween. And they're out there. I could show you where some of them are in my neighborhood. So what do we do? Come to church. Come here. Bring your family. We're going to have a nice band playing live music. We got the food trucks coming out. And we're going to show you that we love our community. But I got so many hateful messages. Ah, that's not. It's the same thing. You call it trunk or treat, but it's still Halloween. No, it's not. It's not. It's really not. Because as I said last week, Easter was a pagan holiday. But you know what the church has done? We've redeemed it. I hate to tell you this, but Christmas was a pagan holiday too. It was a pagan. Christmas trees ain't in the Bible. Ain't in the Bible. You know, lights, reindeer. Come on, ain't it in the Bible? But you know what we've done? We've redeemed it. Because there are things in culture you can redeem. And we've chosen to redeem it and make it godly. So you may eat your chocolate bunny, but we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll have an egg hunt, but guess what? We're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we'll give you candy tonight, but you're going to hear the goodness of God. Amen? But see, why do people get so angry and mad? and Because they ain't loving people. Here's, what, here's my whole purpose in this message, and this is the last Sunday I'm talking about as we're wrapping this up. If you missed any of those, go on our, uh, our, our church app, or you can go on Spotify, put in Elevate Life Church Sacramento. You can hear all the other messages, because I really think it's important that we understand what this is about. When, you, when I got saved, I began to be an agent for Jesus to get as many kids back home. That's my job. And can I tell you something? It's your job too. So when you don't do that, you get weird. Can I tell you what some weird things are? It's weird that we have churches that will argue about doctrine all the while they won't reach nobody. It's weird that we have Christians that want to know what's a sin and what's not a sin. Is drinking a sin? Is it okay to get high? Listen, why don't you just forget all that and reach people for Jesus? And I guarantee you the spirit of God will show you why you shouldn't be getting high because you're a bad example of what it means to follow Jesus. Let me tell you, somebody needs to hear this. Let me tell you why you shouldn't get high. Number one, the scriptures say to be sober-minded. And that word in the Greek, sober, it means this, sober. That's what it means. And so anything that modifies my sobriety and my frame of thinking, I don't care if it comes from the earth. I need to keep my mind right and keep my mind pure. Here's the other thing. Weed, alcohol, drugs, it's a counterfeit for the presence and the spirit of God. It really is. And you can use it. I just need to calm my nerves after I get off of work. Let me tell you something else that will calm your nerves. Prayer. Reading his word. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I just, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And anytime you elevate something above God and you go to that instead of God, it can become an idol. And pretty soon that idol will have your heart and God will not. So that's in a nutshell what it comes down to. Is anybody getting anything out of this? And so what we've got to say is it gets weird when you're not sharing Jesus. And and here's the greatest thing about sharing Jesus. Let's not let weird people mess it up for us. 
Because we've all met weird people, right? And we all meet people that don't understand that the Bible says this, you and I are called to be salt and light to a world. Amen? Salt and light. Now let's talk about salt for a minute. How many like French fries? There's not a person in here that takes the salt shaker and screws the top off of it. Well, unless you're playing a practical joke. Amen? And you don't take the top off it and just dump salt all on your fries. Is there anybody that does that here? We'll pray for you because you got sodium problems, I bet. No, you know what you do with salt? You sprinkle it. Sprinkle it. Sprinkle me, man. Come on. Sprinkle. 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 You know what the concept is? It doesn't take a lot. You ever been around a Christian that don't understand that? What'd you do this weekend? Oh, praise God. I went to church and got filled with the Holy Spirit and got, she caught it on my hot top and you should go to it. If you don't go to church, you're going to hell and da, 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sprinkle me, man. Come on. Sprinkle me, man. Just give me a little. Just give me something. Are you catching this today? The Bible says we're the light of the world. Now we're to shine bright, right? We're to shine bright. And the devil right now has got us in a place in America that, that he just wants us to sit down and shut up. And we can't because we're light and we're salt. But we've got people afraid to share their faith. We've got people afraid to let people know they're a Christian. I said this before. Tomorrow when you guys get back to work, they're going to ask you, what'd you do this weekend? And some of you will lie. And you know what you'll say? Nothing. Don't you dare call the house of God nothing. Tell them people, you know what? I went to church. Tell them. Tell them. And you can leave it at that. You ain't got to tell them, I went to church and you should too. And if you don't, you're going to hell. No, 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 no. Sprinkle them, bro. Sprinkle them. You dumping the salt all over them. Tell them I went to church. Because I guarantee you what the next question is, well, where'd you go to church? How long you been going to church? And then you, get, you know what you get to do? You get to talk about your faith. But you're just sprinkling them, sprinkling them. But as long as you like, I didn't do nothing. You show no light. Is this helping anybody today? This is, this is really how it breaks down. And see, here's the problem with us. When we don't carry the message of reaching somebody else, we begin to think Christianity is about us. And it's not about you, boo. It's not. It's really not. It's about him. He's letting me live on this earth right now. He gave me a new life that I don't deserve. And he does the same thing for you. And all he asks is that we follow him and do what he's doing. And when I read the scriptures, the one thing Jesus says that he is building is his church. So you need to stop tearing it down. I'll say that again. The one thing that Jesus is doing is building his church. So be careful that you're not somebody that is tearing it down. And the church said, because why would you want to be on the wrong side of what Jesus is trying to do? And so we've been talking about this, this reach one. And that's been my challenge to us all. By the end of the year, win one. Teach one. 
reach one. Come on, it's all the same. By the end of the year, set your faith that somebody is going to meet Jesus because of you. Because of you. Because of how you live your life. Because of how you speak. Because of how you talk. Because of your testimony. Because of your boldness. Here's the biggest thing. Because of your love. That's it. That's it. And, 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 and when you've really loved somebody, it's going to cause you to change. You know, the greatest motivation for change is love. Amen? Amen? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You didn't want nothing to do with the gym until that one girl came in your life. And now all of a sudden you want to shed some pounds. And the church said, come on, you know it's true. You didn't care nothing about the gym until he walked into your life. And now all of a sudden you're worried about what you need to be eating because that's the power of love. Love will cause you to change. Amen? And, and, and too many people are looking to change without the power of love for Jesus. And so we've been talking about that. You've got to reach one. Because if you're not reaching anybody, I got to tell you something. You're living a brand of Christianity that does not work. Maybe you didn't know that. There's two brands of Christianity. There's the authentic and the real. And there's the counterfeit. This is what Jesus called the weed and the tares. This is what Jesus meant when he said, the day will come on judgment day when I will gather the wheat together, but the tares will be cast into the fire. You see, the weed and the tares look the same, but they're not the same. The wheat has fruit in it. The wheat has the sustenance in it that you can bake bread and feed people with. The tares are weeds. The tares, guess what the tares do? The tares literally take nutrients from the wheat. They take, take, take. And at the end of the day, they're good for nothing. And what I've just described to you is a brand of Christian that is in our nation today. Looks like a Christian, sounds like a Christian, but isn't good for much. Why? Because they refuse to let the love of Jesus Christ transform their life and then take it to somebody else. Can I get an amen? This is good gospel preaching today, folks. And if you understand this, it will change your life. Now, last week, a couple weeks ago, I shared the blessing of winning one. I just wanna recap this for you today. I said, what is the blessing? Why should we be winning one? And I gave you these four different blessings that the scriptures say will come upon your life when you make a decision to reach somebody else for Jesus Christ. Number one, we said this, God will meet all of your needs, Matthew 6, 33. That's the first promise that we get in the scriptures, that if I'm a soul winner and if I will reach others, God will meet all my needs. Now, what does Matthew 6, 33 says? It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. Now, the living translation says it, and he will give you everything you need. Everything. It's interesting that the Jesus said that. He cannot lie. It's the son of God. He gives us the key to life. Seek me first. First, everybody say first. first. The problem we have in America is we seek God, we just don't seek him first. We seek our career first. We seek our family first. 
we seek money first. And God is usually, if we're lucky, second or third. But here's something I need to let you know about how the gospel works. Jesus doesn't work in your life when he's second or third. He only works in the first position. He is a jealous God. He will not share his throne with money. He will not share his throne with any idol that you have. And some of us have made our careers an idol. So here's a good one. Some of us make our families an idol. Guess what has to come before my wife, Tina? Jesus. Jesus got to come before my wife. Jesus got to come before my kids. And you know what some people do? We make idols out of things. And then we go, but, but, but Jesus is still there. And I need to just tell you, he won't be second or third. When you have him second, third, and in some cases even fourth, he doesn't work. And even though you go to church, even though you stop doing something, you still have anxiety. You still have no peace. Let me, let, let me tell you how this thing is supposed to work. Can you all handle this today? When you serve Jesus, everything should get better. How is it that I can invite Jesus into my life and my life get worse or stay the same? That's not what I see in the scriptures. But you know, when you read the Old Testament and every person that came in covenant with God expanded and got bigger and better, what do we have in the church many times? Our lives aren't, if, if, if we're being honest, our lives aren't getting better. Our marriages aren't getting better. And if that's the case, if you're sitting there going, yeah, you know, you're right, pastor, then what I'm here to tell you is something, you're doing it wrong. Let's fix it. Because you got all the components of a good life. You just have them in the wrong place. It'd be the same thing as if you took this phone and you took the battery out and you turned the battery upside down. Even though I have the battery, the phone's not going to work. Things have to be in proper order. And that's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, because the kingdom's about order. And when you have order... And when you understand the kingdom, how God's doing things, you understand what is on his heart the most. And the thing that is on his heart the most is people that don't know him. These people on Florin Road, these people on Franklin, people in your neighborhood, people wherever you go by, people you live next door to. Do y'all realize those are God's kids? And we're afraid to share our faith. We're afraid to make friends. How many of us here know the names of our, of our neighbors? How many of us here have ever talked to uh, somebody in your community? No, we just, we kind of, we keep to ourselves, yo, you know. But I'm just telling you this, when you're a Christian, it's got to be on your uh, radar that my job as a Christian is to share Jesus's love. Not to be offensive, remember, sprinkle them, come on, sprinkle them. Don't pour all the salt on them right now. Don't tell them they're going to hell and you, you know, you just, you, uh, sprinkle them. Tell them, God bless you. Tell them, can I pray for you? Come on, just sprinkle them. Tell your neighbor sprinkling them because we got people trying to just dump people with salt all over their food. So back to number one, the first blessing, God will meet all your needs. Amen, Matthew 6, Number two, the Bible says this, you will develop a deeper understanding of God. Philemon chapter one, four and six. People want more of God. They want to go deeper. They want to get greater understanding. What Philemon tells us is this, that when I share my faith, when I, it's the sharing of my faith that deepens my relationship with God. You say, why would it do that? You want to know how to be somebody's good friend? Help them with their kid. Period. 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 
Think about if you lost your kid at the state fair. Anybody here ever done that? Yeah, I see some hands going up on it. <laughs> or lost their kid at their mall. Anybody did that? But you ever had one of them kids that likes to hide from their parents in the clothes? I had a couple of those kids. Probably all three of them did it at one time. And you start freaking out like, oh, my gosh, somebody grabbed my kid. And I'm calling Diego, Sergio. And they're in the clothes and they're, and they're laughing. And you know you just want to smack them, right? You know you just want to yope them up right there. But number one, you go, oh, I'm a Christian, can't do that. CPS will get me too, you know. But what would happen if you lost your kid, right? Lost your kids. And you called all your buddies, all your homies, all your homegirls. And you say, hey, can you come over? The front door was open. I can't find my kid anywhere. I'm sure he's in the neighborhood somewhere. And you called all your peeps and they said, nah, we good. I got, I got work tomorrow. Let me know how it turns out. Nah, I got it. I'm studying for a test. Nah, me, me, and my, me, and, me and my husband are going on a date night. You just let me know how it goes. I bet you'd lose some friends, wouldn't you? I'd be like, what are you talking about date night? My son, I can't find my kids. Do you know the neighborhood I live in? Come and help me. Yeah. No, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So you want to know what would deepen a relationship with God? It's when you take on his burden. You take on his burden. You say, God, in some small way, use me today. Use me today to plant a seed into one of your kids so that they'll come home. Amen? Amen. And that will deeper your understanding of God. Number three, third blessing for winning one is divine intervention for your earthly challenges. We're all looking for help in some way, form, or another. But here's the thing about the kingdom. The kingdom, in the kingdom, it's not, you just don't grind and hustle and get help. You know, everybody says, you know, God helps those that help themselves, right? And we quote that like it's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible, y'all. It's not in the Bible. God helps those that help others. That's in the Bible. What you do for others, God does for you. And we just take on this thing, you know, and we go into, we get into hard times. No, man, you know what? Help somebody else and God will help you in your challenges. We see this situation here in Matthew 17, 24 through 27. Jesus is getting arrested for tax evasion. Oh, read the story. That's what's happening. They're mad. He ain't been paying his taxes. Somebody's like, praise God, I ain't the only one. Amen, Jesus. <laughs> Amen, Jesus. He didn't pay his taxes. And they come for him. And Jesus tells his disciples, hey, we got a problem. And you know what he tells his disciples? Go fishing. There's a prophetic thing in there you got to catch today. He says, we got problems. We need to pay our taxes. Go fishing. And what do his disciples do? They go fishing. And he tells them this. You're going to catch a fish. And in that fish's mouth is going to be a gold coin. Use that gold coin to pay off our taxes. See, what God is trying to give us there through prophetic language is when you have a need, help somebody else go fishing. God will always supply for those that are helping him in his mission. And you may have a financial issue. Get out there and win somebody to Jesus. You may have some issues in your marriage. Go out and help somebody come to Jesus. You may have some wayward kids that you need to get back to the Lord. Go out and help somebody come to Jesus and watch God give you divine intervention for your earthly challenges. That's your business. That's your life. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is this. When you covenant with Jesus to do his agenda, he makes your agenda his agenda. Amen? Amen. And the last thing we talked about was the last blessing for winning one, you will receive more of God. Matthew 25, 29. 
Makes a, it's a very uh, uh, kingdom way of looking at things. He says there, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Here's the problem with most people, right? Other people are leaving church with your blessings, okay? They're leaving church with your blessings, all right? Because what's happening, you're not doing anything with what God has already given you. And if you don't do anything with what God's given you, he cannot give you more. You can cry for more, you can praise for more, but he cannot give you more until you do something with what he has given you. And what has God given you? Salvation. Oh, he's given us the glorious gift of salvation. The greatest thing that's gotta be on our hearts and minds is to win one, just one. And I'm telling you, we've made church about so many other things. We've made church about how do I get blessed? Five steps to catch a man, amen? We've made it this, we've made that. How do I get married? How do I get my this? How do I get my that? And it all comes down to one thing. You make God's agenda your agenda and he blesses you. That's it. It's an exchange. Are you tracking with this now? Now, in the seven minutes that I got left with you, this other question came to me. Because I don't always assume people just don't want to do something. Sometimes the reason why people don't share Christ is they don't know how. And then I started thinking, do we even know what the gospel is? Many Christians do not. They think it's just, well, it's going to church. Well, it's, you know, saying the prayer, you know, Jesus come into my life. No, let me, let me, and you should write this down. Let me give you in a nutshell what I believe a a, a fair definition of the gospel is. Are you ready for this? The gospel means good news, but here's what it is. It's the account of what Jesus did for a lost world to bring us back into relationship with God. It's the account of what Jesus did for a lost world to bring us back into relationship with God. The account of what Jesus did for a lost world to bring us back into relationship with God. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Let me share the gospel with you. What I'm I'm gonna be telling you is everything Jesus Christ did for you and I so that we can have relationship with God. And folks, that's the good news. Amen? Now, there's also been something that's been passed down through church history. I don't know who started it or what, but it's called the Romans Road. And what this is, it's scripture upon scripture that tells us how to communicate the gospel to others. Can I teach this to you in the next six minutes? You guys ready for this? I really want to, only seven, only this area. Are y'all ready for this? Y'all don't, are y'all still on the, I don't care about nobody tip, are we? Okay, all right, all right. Listen, I really want to help you with this because I believe if you have understanding, you can share it and it's basically easy. Listen, the first person I, that I, I brought to Jesus, I did after being saved three days. Three days. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. But you know what I did? I called my buddy. I said, come to church with me. And he came to church with me and I called him the next week. Come back with me. And then he got the message. Hey, okay, we doing this for real. He even told me later, I thought we was going to pick up girls. But when you wanted to go back the next week and the next week, I, I knew you were serious. So, so let me give you what, uh, what uh, church history is called the Romans Road, okay? And I want to encourage you, write these down in your phone. These are the things that we communicate. This is the message that we communicate to people to get them to understand how to get saved. Number one, first scripture, Romans 3.23. It says this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
One thing we're called to tell, to teach people is that nobody can make it to God because there's a deception out there, right? And the deception is this. I can get there if I'm a good person. No, you cannot. The goodest person, I know that's not a word. The goodest person ain't gonna make it into heaven based on their works because you can never be good enough to make it into heaven on our works. Y'all ever taken the time to read the Old Testament and that law? That law is so crazy. The law was so hard. And you know why it was so hard? It was hard to prove to us you can't do it. You can't do it. It's interesting to me that there are still people trying to fulfill the law of the Old Testament. This is why the book of Hebrews tells us, now, y'all, you all are under a better covenant with better promises. And your job now is to stay under or in Jesus Christ. But what the world needs to know is this. All all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You'll never be good enough on your own to reach God. I'll never be good enough on my own. I can't do enough works to be considered right with God. And that's the first thing that we need to communicate to people is that we all need a savior. Amen? Amen. Number two, second thing you gotta communicate to people is this, that Jesus came to give us eternal life with God as a free gift that he paid for. Jesus came to give us eternal life with God as a free gift that he paid for. Why is that important? Like I said before, people think they can pay for it and you can't. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. A life of sin, I've tasted it, some of you have tasted it. It produces death in your life. Nothing good grows in a life of sin. A life of sin will choke the life out of a marriage. It'll choke the life out of a relationship with your kids. It'll mess up your career. The penalty of sin, the cost of living a life of sin is death. It will produce death in everything you have. Produces death in your mind. That's why you have no peace. You're full of anxiety, full of fear. And that's what Jesus came to tell us is this, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's paid, it's free. Listen, think about how you would feel tonight if somebody came up to you, handed you the keys to a brand new car and said, hey man, this is yours. I already paid for it. Some of you would know what to do. You would be so happy, but yet here's the thing. That's exactly our message to the lost. It's not about you becoming a better person. It's about you understanding what Jesus did and giving your life to him and asking him to come into your life first and foremost. Can I get an amen on that? This is the gospel. Jesus came to give us eternal life as a free gift that he paid for. The third thing you need to understand as we go down the Romans road, how we find salvation is this. While we were enemies of God, Christ died for us, paying the penalty for our sins. Why is that so important to communicate to the world? Is because they think God's mad at them, and he's not. God's not mad. God loves you. He's a loving, loving God. He loved you so much that even while you were cursing his face, even though you were selling drugs to people in your community that were messing up lives and tearing up people, God was still not mad at you. He loved you. He loved you so much in your sin even though you cursed him out, even though you said, I'll never serve you. He loved you so much that he said, I'm even gonna go to the cross for you. The world needs to know, guys, 
God's not a God of judgment and anger and wrath, even though I want to make this clear. Those are parts of his character. How he relates to us is through the lens of love. Now, you want to, te- you want to touch those other areas, mess with his people. But that's a message for another time. Mess with his bride and you'll see some of that other stuff. Mess with his kids and you'll see some of that other stuff. But what we need to communicate to the, church, to the world is this. Jesus loves you. Even though we didn't deserve it. That's the kind of God we're, 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 we're serving. This is the kind of God we got to introduce to people. Instead, we got people on megaphones yelling curses and you're all going to hell. Turn or burn. Well, look at your lifestyle and look what you're doing. I mean, come on, y'all. Let's get them in the gate. Let's let them meet the loving Savior first. Once we understand and, and understand that God steps to us with love, the rest becomes easy. And so that third step is while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us, paying the penalty for our sins. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we didn't want nothing to do with him, he died for us. Would you die for somebody that didn't want nothing to do with you? Probably not. We'd probably be like, forget you then. I didn't want to die anyway, (laughs) but not Jesus. I still got you. I still love you. Number four, fourth step on Romans road is this. Through receiving and submitting to Jesus, we can be forgiven of our sins and receive new life in Christ. I tell you what, everybody needs this message because we've all made mistakes. We've all messed up marriages. We've all messed up people. We've all done things in a drunken rage or whatever, whatever your sin was. Here's the thing, right? Jesus can come into your life and forgive you and give you a whole new life. 19 years old, I learned that. After an abortion, after understanding that, man, I'm a, I'm a murderer. I don't know how I was going to live the rest of my life. But you know what? Somebody shared the gospel. And I responded to the gospel. And this truth right here that said you can be forgiven and you can receive a new life came into my life. And while other people turn to alcohol because they hate themselves because of the sins they've done, they can never forgive themselves for the abortion they had or the fact that they cheated on their spouse and they're smoking and they're drinking just trying to forget the pain. All they have to do is come to Jesus and he could forgive them and wipe it away and give them a new life. Or in this life, you're innocent. In this life, you're not guilty. In this life, it never happened. The life I live in now is free from the consequences of my old life. Why? Because I gave my life to Jesus. Guys, this is good news. Some of you got cousins and homies. The reason they're out there in them streets is they're just dealing with pain. They can't forgive themselves. And here you are in church every week and you won't share the gospel. We got to change that. Amen? Amen. Romans 10, 9, 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. We pray that prayer here every Sunday because that is the starting point. Now, it's not a magic word. You don't just pray that and go back to living how you wanna live. No, 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 no. Jesus said, become a disciple. Be trained, learn what it means to be a Christian. Come back to church again and again and again and learn those things, but make no bones about it. You can be saved through the confession of your mouth. And the last thing as I let you go, if I can get some help on the keys there. The last thing is this, we now have peace with God and new life in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter five, verse one, it says this, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if I got peace, I don't need to get drunk. If I got peace, what do I need trees for? That's marijuana for some of y'all. Because some of y'all were looking at me, what's, the, what's wrong with trees? If I got peace, I don't need to smoke out. If I got peace, I don't need the club. If I got peace, all I need is one woman, a good woman that won't steal my peace. Hey, come on. If I got peace, all you need is one man. One man. A good man. And he ain't even got to have that much money. See, I lost some of y'all right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. He got to have some money, Pastor. He got to have some money. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Guys, this is the gospel. It's a good message. And the world is making us afraid to share it. Oh, well, Pastor, it's just, it's not politically correct. What is not politically correct about what I just preached? What is so wrong with, how can you find fault in that? Here's what I want you to catch. The spirit of the age is intimidating us. Because if you do it in the right way, this is the most inviting message on the planet Earth. Now, if you got a wrong spirit and you want, you're argumentative and you want to point out other people's sin and you ain't doing it in a spirit of love and you, well, what about this and what about that? You're going to miss the whole point. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, just reach one. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.